Hey guys, and welcome to the Call to Purpose podcast. My name is Shanna Cortinas, and I would like to take an opportunity to introduce myself to y'all and to explain a little bit about what Call to Purpose is. Um, so I am a wife of 13 years. Uh, my husband and I have been happily married. Uh, this is our both of our second marriages, and we are mom and dad to two beautiful children, I am a sign language interpreter. Uh, that is my career. That is what I've been doing for like about the last 15 years. And I am a worship leader and women's speaker. Um, I have had a personal relationship with Christ. Um, I would say I would, I've known Christ and I've known of him um, all of my life. I was raised in church, had wonderful grandparents that took me to church, knew how important it was that we... Um, knew about the Word of God and really um, helped to guide me. But I would say I've probably been serving the Lord for about 10 to 12 years now, um, faithfully serving Him and having a relationship with Him. Um, And so a little bit about Call to Purpose Ministries and the Call to Purpose podcast is The Lord just spoke to me one day and said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go. I want you to speak. I want you to tell what it is that I've done in your life. And um, if you're willing to be a vessel, then I'm willing to use you. And so this is just me trying to be a vessel for the Lord to use. I don't know everything. I'm not a theologian. Um, I mispronounce words. I stumble. I get caught up in stuff. But I do want to be... Um, a willing vessel. And so I think about, um, you know, scripture in the Bible where, you know, God calls and the answer was, here I am, Lord. And so that's where I want to be in my walk um, with the Lord. I want to be used by him mightily for his kingdom. And so I pray that that um, is what I'm able to do here and that whatever it is that Um, God lays on my heart would minister to those that are listening. So that's enough about me. Um, I would like um, to talk to you guys, though, about some of my struggles. And one of the biggest struggles in my testimony is um, my struggle with anxiety. I have had debilitating anxiety for most of my life. I can probably remember about third grade really realizing that something was different and wrong (laughs) with me um, that I didn't um, see other people struggling with. And so uh, to probably the beginning of my anxiety um, started out with just as a child. Uh, I obviously had some issues um, when uh, I was younger I would say probably mostly stemming from about that third grade mark. I had a teacher that um, was pretty terrible. (laughs) She was a pretty terrible teacher. Um, She was mean and she would belittle me and she would kind of make me her example of what not to do. And I mean, now seeing as an adult from an adult perspective, clearly she was struggling and dealing with things herself, but the enemy definitely used her in my life um, to make me question 
um, my own abilities and uh, basically just lack, like keep me where I lacked confidence in myself. Um, And she was always there to remind me that I was not perfect and that I was always messing up and making mistakes. Um, And I would say that that probably was the the very beginning of me um, starting to have these thoughts and these anxieties about life and about myself and was I doing things wrong and why does everybody else seem to have it figured out and I can't. Um, or I don't seem to have it all figured out. Uh, I was bullied a lot around that time. Um, My mother (laughs) decided to give me this really terrible haircut. And and uh, I was teased mercilessly for it. And so um, I just had a lot of issues. There was just a lot of problems at that age. I was young. I did not really understand um, I was kind of naive about the way that the world works and the way that people are. And I didn't realize that there were just mean people. I just thought it was me. Maybe I just made people mean. And so um, I really kind of took all of it on myself. Um, and as life went on, the devil continued to confirm and reaffirm my inadequacies uh, as I got into middle school and high school, uh, I just always felt different. I always felt like I did not fit in with everybody else. And I really could never put my finger on what it was that made me different. But um, I just had a lot of struggles. And in my own mind, I just picked myself apart and I mean, I could tell you I was very self-deprecating. I just would just um, could pick out everything that was wrong with me. And, and um, I was just on a very healthy mental state. And I did not know who to get help from. I didn't even realize really at that age that you could get medications. Um, we found out later on as an adult, um, as I continued to struggle with these things, um, that you know, there was actually medications that could help um, with some of the symptoms of anxiety that I was feeling. Um, but at that point in high school, I just, I didn't know about them. And so I didn't have any resources. I didn't have any, I would talk to, you know, my mom about the way that I was feeling, but she had never dealt with anxiety herself. And so for her, it was kind of a mind over matter type of thing. Um, and so she wasn't really able to effectively help me to understand what it was that I was going through. And so, um, as time went on, uh, I got married. Um, I, I met my first husband in high school, uh, I was 16 years old, first job. And I thought that that's what you did. You meet a guy, you like the guy, you marry the guy. And so that's what I did, um, partly to kind of just get out on my own. And I thought maybe once I was married and once I had a husband, he would take care of me and all the things I couldn't do, he would do for me. And I would have this identity as his wife and I would be able to um, fix some of my you know, anxiety, you know, things at, at that time. I wasn't driving. I wasn't able to drive because my anxiety was so great. 
I wasn't able to um, have a regular job um, because I would start working and then the anxiety would just become too much for me. I'd become overwhelmed and I would have to just um, stop working. And, and I would tell him, you know, all the time, I, I can't help it. I don't know what's wrong with me. There's just, I, I just can't um, get out of my own head and and I can't stop feeling the way that I'm feeling. And it was a very real thing and a physical thing. I would have physical symptoms of, you know, heart palpitations and sweating and, all, you know, all of these things. Um, and so I, I, it wasn't anything that was in my control. Um, and it wasn't a healthy relationship. You know, he was young and immature himself and still kind of wanted to do, you know, the party scene. And he wasn't really ready to settle down and to have um, a marriage or to be married to somebody who was so codependent and unable to um, take care of herself, really. And so it just it was a, a cocktail um, of, of bad things. And so that contributed again to, you know, my anxiety because now I'm married and it's not working. And again, the devil continues to play those games with you that you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You're not, you know, able to, to make your marriage work or to make your husband happy or be the wife that you're supposed to be. And so, you know, I, I was a terrible student and now I'm a terrible wife and so I ended up, um, him and I ended up getting a divorce, which was very hard for me. And, and during that time of our marriage ending and us getting a divorce, my anxiety was at an all-time high. Um, I was agoraphobic for about two years. I wasn't able to leave my home. I wasn't able to work um, and support myself. And I got to the point where um, even inside my home, I didn't feel safe anymore. That had always been my safe place. You know, I couldn't go into the grocery stores. I couldn't, you know, do those things. But at home, I was safe. And my anxiety got so bad that even it wasn't safe anymore. And um, I just was anxious and overwhelmed and that anxiety led to me feeling very hopeless and feeling depressed about my situation and the life that I was living because I, I couldn't live a normal life like everybody else. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And without a husband there to help me, um, it, was, it was crippling. It was crippling. It was hard for me um, to be able to deal with everything that life had thrown at me. And so at this time, I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. Um, I had kind of felt abandoned by him. I felt like that um, I was broken and I would never be whole. There was nothing anybody could ever do for me. And if the Lord really wanted to do something for me, then, you know, he would have already. And so I really struggled with. Um, believing in Christ and believing all the things that I had grown up hearing and about the Lord. And so I remember 
at kind of the height of, of my anxiety, I had started to try to do it myself, to get rid of it myself. I'd gotten myself on medication, um, and that helped a little bit to where I was at least able to um, learn how to drive and, you know, get myself around town, but I still didn't like driving and would avoid it as much as possible. I still struggled in my job. I wasn't able to pursue really the career that I wanted to pursue um, because I just didn't know how long I was going to be able to work and how long I was going to be able to to deal with all of it. And so the medication um, definitely took the edge off, but it didn't take away um, my anxiety. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do the kind of face your fear thing. And I would go into the grocery store and I remember I would call my mom and I would say, okay, be on the phone with me, you know, because I'm, I'm afraid, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I would get through the grocery store and I'd get probably about halfway through. And all of a sudden I would just be stricken with just overwhelming fear. And I would, you know, tell my mom, I can't do this. I can't do it. And I would leave the basket in the middle of the store and I would walk out and I would come home with no groceries and be so disappointed and just so frustrated with myself that I had failed again. And it was just a constant, constant, and the enemy was constantly in my head. See, you can't do it. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not like everybody else. Everybody else you can do it. They've got it all figured out, but you don't. And so it was just this horrible cycle that I was on. And I would say <clears throat> probably um, after a really rough year, we ended up moving and I found a church that I loved and people that I felt supported by. And I really started to take my relationship and my walk with God seriously. And that was one of the first things that I prayed about was, Lord, if you are real, please take away my anxieties. Take away this crippling feeling that I have. And I prayed and I, I felt nothing. I did not feel, I still felt anxious. I still felt those anxieties creep up. And I remember just praying multiple times with, you know, uh, f- fervently, just, just tears in my eyes and saying, Lord, do you not see my brokenness? Do you not see what I'm going through? Don't you care for me at all? Don't you want me to be free of this? Um, I want to be like everybody else. I don't want to deal with this any anymore. And when I would still feel anxious, it would I just felt really frustrated and really hopeless and helpless. And it was one day that um, I had actually been talking to my pastor's wife and I had been explaining to her about the struggle that I was having and I, and I needed some insight and some guidance about what I could do to overcome this anxiety once and for all. I felt like maybe there was something, you know, that I was missing. I'm still, you know, a relatively new believer. I did not really know the word really that well um, other than what I had 
heard growing up as a kid and what little I had been reading since um, rededicating my life to God. And so she, you know, had kind of talked to me a little bit about um, Paul and Paul's ministry. And so I got interested in Paul and I was I was reading a little bit about his story and I come upon him. Um, it was in Second Corinthians, and Second Corinthians twelve um, and seven through ten is the story, and it is about the thorn in Paul's flesh. And so I'm going to read that here for you guys. It says, because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations which I have received from God. For this reason, to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation." For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with my weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. And so when I read that scripture, it was like a aha moment. It was like the light bulb went off, the light was shown into the darkness, and I was able to see exactly why I had anxiety and why I was different and I just the Lord revealed himself so clearly to me and I remember sitting there and praying and I remember I said to the Lord God if anxiety is my thorn in my flesh if that is what it is that keeps me close to you constantly coming back to you constantly drawing me closer to you If that is what it is that I need, then I will accept it. I will receive it. I will wear it like a badge of honor almost that I know I need you. I know I'm not able. I'm not capable. I can't do it without you. But as long as I have you and I can call upon your name, I know that there's nothing that I won't be able to do. And it was like... It wasn't, it wasn't like I was just like, oh, I'm healed. I honestly felt like for the rest of my life, I'm going to have anxiety. I'm going to battle with anxiety and with, um, you know, depression and, and things that, you know, other people don't have to deal with. And that's okay because that's what keeps me close to the Lord. And as time went on, I started to notice that I would feel anxious about something and I would pray, Lord, 
I know that I'm feeling anxious about this, but I know that you are near me. You are close to me, that you were there. You were strengthening me. And I started to feel less anxious about things. And I remember there would be moments sometimes where I would think, I really should be anxious about this. Like, why am I not freaking out about this right now? And it was like the anxiety in those moments had completely left me. And they became more and more. And the anxieties became fewer and fewer. Until one day, I just woke up and realized that I had not been anxious for a very long time. That I had not had those feelings for a long time. And it even was hard for me. Um, I had, I had, when I, I got off the medication and stuff, because I wasn't, I wasn't feeling the way that I was feeling before. And I knew immediately that it was the Lord that had taken away those anxieties from me. I knew that um, my entire life, I had tried every um, self-help book, every medication, every, you know, everything that was available to me. I had tried it. I had done it. And it had not been effective. And here I was now off of medication, going through times in my life where I was just getting into ministry and they asked me to sing on the praise and worship team and I would get up on the praise and worship team. I would stand in front of all these people looking at me and I wouldn't feel anxious. In fact, I would feel emboldened and I would feel um, more capable than I ever felt off of those platforms. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but um, it really just helped me to see that, you know, not everything that the enemy tries to use against us is um, to, to destroy us, but sometimes it's exactly what God uses to make us perfected, that we're not perfect people. We are always falling short and on our own, we are incapable on our own. We're going to screw things up on our own. We're not going to make the right decisions. But when God comes in, it completely changes the game. It completely changes your entire life. Um, he is able to do what you're not able to do on your own. And I love, you know, the scriptures where it talks about um, that he uses those that are weak. Because in our weaknesses, he is able to be made strong. And so... Um, I, I wanted to read um, a little bit about that with you guys, where it talks about, you know, Paul um, acknowledged that he suffered from this infirmity and this weakness, and he actually took great joy in it. Once he realized, like I realized, that that was God's way of being able to show off. That was God's way of being able to receive the glory. And so in those moments where he felt less than or inadequate or that thorn in his flesh came back to torment him, he knew that he was working in a capacity outside of his own. And so, um, you know, I think that's probably all I got for you guys today. I don't want to 
I could talk about this forever and ever, and I that would not make a very good podcast. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this helps somebody today. Um, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression or whatever the thorn in your flesh is, um, I pray that you would embrace it, that you would know that it is something that God can use. Because what the devil means to use against us, God will use for us. And so I just, I pray for you and I ask that the Holy Spirit would come in, that he would reveal himself to you. And I thank you guys and I hope you guys have a blessed day. Thank you.